are listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our hope is for you to be encouraged and to connect with God during this message. If you'd like to know more about Thornapple Valley Church, visit tvcweb.com. Hey, good morning, TVC. How you guys doing? Good, good. I just want to welcome real quick our Middleville and Dellen campus and all of you guys joining us online as well. Happy Independence Day weekend, guys. Who's all got plans this weekend? I know I do, so I'm going to do my best to keep it to a nice and short 90 minutes today. We'll get you out of here equipped and ready for the weekend. I'm just kidding. My name is Greg, and I have the privilege of being our central pastor of students, which means that I get to work with our middle school and high school students at all three of our different, different campuses. And I love what I do. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Um, I started coming to Fusion in the eighth grade for the same reason that most eighth grade boys come to youth group, and it's because my parents made me. Um, but then I stayed for also the same reason most boys stay in youth group, and it was for the honeys. It was for the cuties at youth group. But on a more serious note, um, Fusion absolutely changed my life. It would not be in the position I'm in if it wasn't for my small group leader and just the, everybody at Fusion just surrounding me. And I just love to be able to give back and walk with these middle school and high school students just through the difficult transitions that come with that. And coming up, I'm super excited because we have our summer camp coming up July 29th to August 3rd. If you're a student, yeah, let's give it up for camp. It's if you've never been, it's absolutely amazing. God does so many amazing things at camp. So if you're in middle school and high school, make sure you get signed up. You're not going to want to miss it. But anyways, I could talk about fusion all day. Uh, for me, I'm 22. I'm married to my amazing, beautiful wife, Evelyn. She does, yeah. Yeah. She really is amazing. She does guest services, and she's also in charge of our compassion and outreach ministries. And then we have our four-year-old German shepherd, Kyla, and our nine-month-old puppy, Luna. And yeah, she's a handful. I had no idea puppies were so much work. <laughs> but today, I have the opportunity to, to start off our series called Four-Letter Words. And when it comes to four-letter words, let's be honest, we've all used them. All of you guys in Middleville, I grew up in Middleville. I know you guys use them over there too. Um, and we say that they slip out in a moment of frustration, but in reality, they come from a much deeper place within us. And so for the next several weeks, we're going to explore some different four-letter words that when those words are deep in you, it can actually change the way that you move through life. So let's get started. My favorite four-letter word is hope. Now, hope is the expectation of a better future. But I probably didn't need to tell you that because we all hope for things. We all hope for the right barista at Starbucks. We all hope for a good parking spot and a good seat in church. We all hope for different things. But we also hope for bigger things as well. We hope that our kids grow up to be successful. We hope that, we hope that we're able to find that special someone to spend the rest of our lives with. We all hope to be successful. You know, the, the person with the lake cottage and the boat and the Jeep Gladiator. Like, we all hope for these big things. So, so I want to ask you this morning, what is it that you hope for? Not just the small things, but what are the big things in life that you hope for? 
I think no matter what it is, I think something that we all hope for is a better tomorrow. We all want to leave this land. We want to leave this world better than we found it for the generations that come after us. But I think the amount of hope that you have in your ability to do that really comes down to what you put your hope in. And what I mean by that is that you put your hope in someone or something to get what you hope for. So just a quick example of that is that growing up, I really wanted to be tall and I wanted to be able to dunk. So I wanted to be athletic. And so I was Googling, I was watching every YouTube video I could for how to grow taller. So I'm doing like these funky stretches. I'm doing legs three to four times a week. I even went as far as I asked my wife to pray for me to get taller. It didn't work, but we're still praying. We're still hoping. (laughs) But what it comes down to is that you put your hope in someone or something to get what you hope for. So if our hope is for our kids to grow up and be successful, then we we put our hope in these parenting books and these parenting resources. And so I want to ask you today, what is your hope in to get what you hope for? When you think about the future, what makes you excited about the future? What brings that excitement for what's to come? For you, it could be a potential opportunity or somebody new in your life, or maybe it's a leadership change at work, but what gets you excited about the future? I think so many of us, we know what it's like to be hopeful. We know what it's like to be excited. But on the other hand, so many of us know what it's like to be let down and to feel hopeless. So can you think of a time when maybe you were super excited about this new job opportunity, you thought you had a shoe in for that promotion, and then it failed? For me, when my wife and I, we got married at 18. Now, I, don't, I love my wife, don't get me wrong, but I do not recommend getting married at 18 because we were poor. We lived in a small house, and we, made, we had a job making just barely over minimum wage. And we drove, we had one car between the two of us that was older than both of us, and let me tell you, this thing was a POS. It was a piece of scrap metal, okay? Like, just a garbage car hardly worked. But one of the things that we always valued was family. And so we always dreamed of starting our own family. But obviously, when we were in that situation, we really didn't have the means to. But then over the next couple years, God blessed us and put us in a position where we could finally talk about having a family. And I just remember being so excited to be able to have that little mini me walking around, somebody to play video games with. And then I know my wife was so excited to use all those baby names that she came up with just six months after we first started dating. And I remember when we finally made that decision, just being so excited and so ready for what was next. But then months went by. And then a year went by. And now almost two years has gone by. We're still on this journey. And it's hard for me to maintain that same hope for life, that same excitement. And I think we can all relate to this, what it's like to feel so excited and the, then be let down. And what it's, what it's like to be hopeless. Because I know that there's some moms in here that as you gather together the family, you can't help but notice the hole that could be filled by that wayward child that maybe you haven't spoken to. I know there's some couples in here that when you first started out, you, were going, you made a promise to pursue each other. You weren't going to be like your parents that got old and bitter. 
but that you were going to pursue each other. And now 10 years down the road, you could barely stand. And I know there's some of you in here that you're just scraping pennies together, trying to get by, trying to get out of debt, trying to make a life. And it seems like every time there's that light at the end of the tunnel, it seems like one more thing just gets added to the list. And you're left right back where you started. And it's so frustrating because it feels like, how can I have hope when it seems like every time it leaves me hopeless? Where every time I have excitement, it seems like there's just one thing in life that's here to knock me down. And so is it even possible? What's the point in hoping when it seems like every time I'm just left hopeless? And can you have hope without the letdown? Well, that's what I want to talk about today. So if you have your Bibles with you, if you have the Bible app on your phone or if you have your Bible with you, turn with me to Romans chapter 15, verse 13. And while you're turning there, let me tell you a little bit about the author. So this was written by a guy named Paul. Now, Paul was born with the name Saul, and Saul made it his life's mission to exterminate the Christians. So 2,000 years ago, he went around arresting Christians, persecuting them, putting them in jail, and so he hated the Christians. And then he met Jesus one day, and he completely turned his life around. And so he went around starting churches, and he wrote letters of encouragement to them. And so this is just a couple words of the letter of encouragement in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Check this out. He says, may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, one of the observations that Paul makes is that you put your hope in what you trust in. And so Paul is saying the way to get that lasting hope, the way to get that lasting joy and that lasting peace is to put your hope and your trust in God. Now I'll be the first to admit that this is so much easier said than done. We look to so many other things to bring us joy, to bring us peace. I know for me, I'm a big stress eater, right? So like when I have a bad day at work and I'm stressed, my happy place, I swing through that McDonald's drive-thru. You know, I get my happy meal, make myself feel good. And that's what I look for, for my peace. But I think one thing that we can all relate to is that we look to money to bring us that joy and that peace. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I think it's because there's just like an immediate part about money where it's just instant gratification because I don't know about you, but I would feel a lot more comfortable with whatever situation I'm in with a couple extra zeros in my bank account. And there's a song, it's a country music song, and I just love the lyrics, and I think they're so profound, and so I just want to read them to you. It says, I know everybody says money can't buy happiness, but it can buy me a boat, and it can buy me a truck to pull it. Now that right there is the truth. (laughs) And I think so many of us, that's why we look to it, it's because it's so immediate, it's so right now. But... Paul warns against that. This is what Paul has to say in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9. He says, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. So Paul is saying, if you chase the money, it's not going to take you where you want to go. We look to it to bring us joy. We look to it to bring us peace. But in the pursuit of that, It doesn't lead you where you want to go. 
It just leads to ruin and destruction. And Paul goes on to say in verse 17, he says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. You see, here in my hand, I have a $1 bill. And on the back of every form of U.S. currency, it says these four words. So if you know them, say them along with me. In God we trust. It says, in God we trust. But so often, we say we trust God, but what we really mean is that, God, I trust you to bless me. God, I trust you to give me this. I trust you to bring what I think will bring meaning into my life. And I think it's, we do that because so often we're focused on right now when God is focused on what's to come. And it's easy to think about our problems and in the context of Paul trying to tell us to just trust God, it's hard when we have so much going on right now. But I think it, it helps if we understand the context and who Paul was writing to. You see, Paul was writing to the churches that were centered in Rome. And during this time, the Roman Empire worshipped the archaic gods. So that was the Greek gods. And then the Romans took over and became the archaic gods. And they actually believed that Caesar, the emperor himself, was a god. And so for the Christians to walk on the scene and say, no, there's only one god, was to spit in the face of the emperor. And so the Christians faced heavy persecution. They were executed in the streets. And so... Oftentimes, these people were poor and homeless and constantly had to watch their back. And so, they were probably in the most depressed and most anxious that they had ever been. But they stayed faithful to God. They chose to find their hope in God. And God used their suffering because not even 200 years later, Christianity would become the official religion of Rome and would begin to spread all over the world. But I think so often we lose that trust in God. And maybe you're here and you had a situation in your life that led you to believe that you couldn't trust God anymore. And I'm sure that if I understand the details, if I, if I knew exactly what was going on, I would understand why you chose to walk away from your faith. But I just want to set something straight. I just want to clear something up. Is that I think so often as Christians... We believe in what I've heard one pastor call bodyguard God. We have this feeling that God's not going to let anything bad happen to us. I mean, when we hear about David and Goliath, about how God gave victory to this 14-year-old boy over this nine-foot-tall giant, and then we hear about Daniel in the lion's den, about how Daniel was thrown into this den of hungry lions for three days, and how God closed the mouths of the lions, and Daniel comes out, unscathed. And then we hear about how God wants to bless us and how God wants to give us a full life. And I think we associate a full life with an easy life. But that's just not true. That's not what God promises at all. He actually says the opposite. Jesus says this to his disciples in John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, I have told you these things that you may have peace. In this life, you will have trouble." Now, I don't know about you guys, but that kind of seems like an oxymoron to me. It doesn't seem like those two things can coexist. Because when I think about having peace in my life, I think a lot about, 
I'm not thinking about my troubles. I'm not thinking about the challenges that I go through. I think back to when I was a kid, when I had less responsibility, when things were easier. But Jesus says, I told you these things that you may have peace. In this life, you will have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. Jesus says, take heart. Another way to say that is have hope, because Jesus has overcome the world. And you see, because of Jesus, we have hope. And here's why I say that, is because it shows that God is faithful to his promises. You see, all the way back in the beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, God makes the promise of a coming Savior, of a Messiah who's going to come and make things right. And so he makes that first promise, and then he makes it over and over and over again throughout the entire Old Testament. And then that promise is fulfilled in Jesus. And so we know that God is faithful to his promises, that he is a man of his word. And the other thing that you might have noticed is that it took a significant amount of time. But you can see throughout the whole Old Testament how God is working behind the scenes, how he's setting things up. And so it's important to remember that God stays in control even through our chaos. Even when things seem like they're out of control and you're just spinning around trying to find which way is up, God is still in control. You know, I think about it a lot like this. Have you guys ever tried to watch a movie or read a book after your friend already spoiled the ending? Like, it kind of just makes the whole, like, it doesn't make sense because you don't relate to anything that's going on in the movie. You don't feel the same tension because you already know what's going to happen. And it's the same way with God. And I'm not trying to say that our problems don't matter, that our challenges aren't significant. But what I am saying is that we have hope in knowing that God is going to work all things for the good of those who love him. Not everything is going to be good. Not everything is good right now, but it is going to be good, and God is going to work through it. Now, this is so easy for me to get up here and say to you, but it's so much harder to know when you're in the middle of a mess. And, you know, I've been learning a lot about the power of encouragement when it comes to hope, the power of having other people around you they're going to lift you up and speak truth into your life. Because I think we all have a tendency to lose sight of the truth in our troubles. You know, I'm reminded of a story of Jesus and the disciples. And so the disciples are on this boat and they're going across the sea when all of a sudden a storm hits. And so the rain is coming down and the wind and the waves are threatening to overturn the ship. And these disciples, some of them are experienced fishermen. And so they're trying everything that they can to keep the boat from falling over, from going under. And so they're trying everything they can. They're scared out of their mind. And all of a sudden, one of them steps back and it's like, guys, Jesus is in our boat. Let's just go get Jesus. And so they go and they get Jesus and he calms the wind and the waves. And I think so many of us, we need that person in our boat that we're doing life with to remind us that God is in our boat, that God is with us, and we have hope in Jesus. Here at TVC, we believe that everybody has a next step. And so maybe you've been coming for a while, but you don't know who's in your boat. You wouldn't say that you have that group that is going to encourage you and going to support you. Maybe your next step is joining a tribe. I encourage you to head out to the next step wall after service and check out, consider getting involved in a group. 
Maybe you're here, and this is your first time. You're just here with some friends. You know, you're just on the lake for the weekend, and you're not sure about this whole God thing. I just want to say I'm so glad that you are here. And I'm not asking you to trust God blindly. Maybe your next step is just choosing to come back next week and choosing to join us for the remainder of the series so that you can feel comfortable trusting God. And maybe you're here and you're dealing with the pain of your challenge. You're dealing with the, the hopelessness right now in your life. We just want to be able to come around you in that. And so maybe your next step is texting TVC Hope, all one word, to 77948. So if that's you, where you're feeling hopeless, you're feeling discouraged, and you just need someone to reach out to, I encourage you, text TVC Hope to 77948. But in a minute, the band's going to come back out, and we'll have some examples of some next steps for you. And I encourage you guys to think about and be intentional with what is your next step. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, thank you so much. God, thank you that you are the God of hope. Right now, I just lift up my friends right here that are feeling hopeless, that are discouraged. God, I pray that you would bring them comfort. I ask that you would bring them peace, and that you would bring them joy. God, I ask that we all would abound in joy and peace as we trust in you, and we would abound in hope by the power of your Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. If you found this message encouraging, we invite you to share it. For more information, visit tbcweb.com.